0: Hey everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of Sanity at the Movies. You are now listening to Sanity at the Movies. I'm Nathan, that's Jake. We're going to give you some hot takes. Me and Jake have both been to the theater (laughs) recently. Not together, but separately. Jake, you took your own... people,
1: like 20 years down the road, are like, man, we want to hear what Jake and Nathan had to say about...
0: Oh yeah space people who are listening to this <laughs> robot what's the thing called where we are we become one with robots uh the synchro. the,
1: the uh, i had it until you said the synchra. yes sorry and it's not the, the synchronicity the-, <laughs> the singularity the
0: singularity Yeah, yeah yeah The singular individuals right now are having this podcast uh, beamed into their brain devices.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to listen to some Frozen 2 and Knives Out hot
0: takes. They have the privilege of (laughs) listening to Frozen 2 and Knives Out. Movies that continue to be watched (laughs) thousands (laughs) of years into the future. Obviously. And uh, beloved classics, not at all of their time but a transcendent works of art. So Jake, you're going to give a frozen 2 hot take. I'm going to give a knives out hot take and people need our hot takes of these movies that are already have already had their big Thanksgiving weekend as of this recording. Yeah. And as it's of a little this. cold take for me. Yeah, well, a cold take for <laughs> Frozen <laughs> 2. <laughs> it's pretty frozen take. Yep, 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 yep. Let it go, Jake. Let it go. <laughs> All right, Jake. So you took your own budding Anna and Elsa, your two daughters to see Frozen 2. I did, yeah. Jake's a bad parent. He supports the <laughs> Disney Corporation. Jake's not a Christian. <laughs> that's what we Basically true, yeah. I think
1: that's what you've learned. What I realized is that I, going into the holiday season, I was going to have a bunch of grandparents who thought would think it would be super cool to take the daughters to go see Frozen 2 sure. and turn it into this great big event. And so I just thought... Um, might as well just cut the legs out from under that and beat them to it.
0: If there's some kind of insidious lesbian whatever, then might as well see it with them and...
1: And be able to talk to them about it and not turn it into a great big grandma and grandpa event.
0: Yep, and if you decide to be down on this movie, not only are you down on the movie, you're also accidentally down, down on, on, grandma on grandma and grandma. And yeah, turns and it turns, whole turns all thing.
1: kinds of things. Yeah, I just, so I just thought, I'll just preempt the whole
0: thing. Strategy and parenting. <laughs> so you saw... It
1: might have been a bad strategy. I mean, it's possible. I could have just called all the grandparents and said, you're not even suggesting that you're going to take the kids to see Frozen 2, but this seemed like a...
0: well, What you did seems good. Obviously, the other way is the good Christian way. But right. but I, I but like yours, too. Sort
1: of the like good Christian way that there's my way. Right. <laughs>
0: there's the mediocre <laughs> <laughs> pagan way that you did it. No, I mean, I don't know. I One of the things I always say about my dad is we saw movies together. And it's not that he just let me watch everything, but we saw things together and we talked them through. And it was really helpful just to watch yeah. a Disney movie and then say, now, really, is it good that Ariel doesn't want to obey her dad? Is that how life works? You just get whatever you want when you rebel against? you know having those conversations in my early, you know, preteen years were really helpful and and are part of probably what gave me the tools to do a podcast like this. So, I th- I definitely think there's a pl- my my yeah. personal opinion, I think there's a place for doing exactly what you did. Um yep. so, in any case, you took the girls to see Frozen 2. Took the
1: girls to see Frozen 2. Yeah. So, just a quick spoilery synopsis. Man, I would have been able to really knock this out of the park earlier. But, you know, it's been a week and a half or whatever since I've seen it, so I'll do my best. Basically, the story is Elsa has to become Captain Planet Mm -hmm. in order to save the world from the consequences of the old dead white men of the past.
0: So it's like every Marvel movie.
1: Kind of, yeah, except a little more climate changey.
0: But that concept of our parents or our ancestors were more complicated than we thought that they were and actually made yeah. some big mistakes, which we are now paying for.
1: Yeah. Uh, this movie tries to dive a little bit deeper into the mythos, the lore of Elsa and who Elsa is. So when I say Elsa has to become Captain Planet, what I mean is there are uh, four elemental spirits. Earth, water, wind, and fire. Oh really? Yes. Is,
0: is Elsa heart? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and by her powers, her unique powers as the fifth elemental spirit, she's able to harness all of the other spirits and because she loves or because somebody loved planet. her. It's, because- it's a little bit more self actualization y than that. It's not that she's actually heart. They don't quite do it that way. But Elsa's still very much on her journey of Mm self-actualization. And so she's self-actualizing and she's not letting it go this time. She is uh, showing us who she is. She's showing herself, but we don't know that she's becoming this mythical fifth spirit. We think she's on a quest to find it, but then she finds herself.
0: Ah, the old Star Trek thing. We have searched for the gods and the gods are us. That's like every bad sci-fi story ever. You yep. know, a heck of a lot of bad fantasy stories and good ones.
1: Yeah, so that's her arc throughout the whole thing. And then there's Anna's arc. And Anna's arc is, Anna's got to let it go.
0: Like let her sister self-actualize?
1: Yeah, she's got to let her sis- sister... She, she We ended the last, you know, the last movie, Anna's story is, I want so badly to have my relationship with my sister, that childhood happiness, back. Right. And then she gets it at the end of the, the movie, and that's more important than Kristoff and getting married and living happy happily ever after because who cares about that? No. Right. So at the start of this movie, Kristoff is uh, clumsily trying to work up the courage to propose to Anna and start a new life, and he keeps bungling it and screwing it up like the screw-up that he is. Like, like, me- like men. Like all men. Pretty, all men are stupid. Pretty stupid. But he's, you know his heart's in the right place but Anna can't even hear or understand what's going on because she's so fixated on keeping everything happy with Elsa, who's a, a restless soul who mm. needs to take that next step and isn't, isn't made for this world and isn't satisfied and content just being the queen of whatever the name of the place is. I forget. And so- um, Zootopia. Yes, Zootopia. I think that's right. Um, <laughs> and so Anna's got to learn to let Elsa go duh, and, and do the next best thing or the next right thing that's the moral of the movie is the mm-hmm. next right thing get do the next when you don't know what to do when the the is not clear when there's no like you just you have to do the next right thing
0: that's not such a bad moral
1: it's a pretty great moral actually and i uh, I love it best part of the movie is hey, things are screwed up, and we have no idea what to do. You just got to figure out what okay what's the next right thing you can't see all the consequences, but you can know what the next right thing to do is and mm-hmm. So Anna's got to figure out what the next right thing to do is. So Elsa gets herself in trouble and she's going to die and the whole world's going to die. And then Anna's got to do the next right thing. So Anna's got to go save the day to save Elsa so that Elsa can save the world. And she gets in trouble and Kristoff has to save Anna so that Anna can save Elsa so that Elsa can save the world. And so we have this big circle, circular, we all say everybody saves each other and we all live happily ever after. And Kristoff finally proposes, but we don't get married because this isn't about getting married and living happily ever after because who needs that? But, they're, but they've are but they proposed. And Olaf and Anna have, or Elsa have to fake die, but then, of course, they're going to come back. So there's literally no consequences for absolutely anything. There's no big villain except for the scary white grandfather of the past. Elsa and Anna restore the magic to the world. I, uh, Elsa self-actualizes and Anna gets engaged and becomes the queen because Elsa has to live off in an ice palace doing Captain Planet things.
0: Well, we have a strict no telling people what to do with their kids policy because we think every parent needs to make their own decisions about that. But are you happy that you took your daughters to see this Frozen 2?
1: It was fine. It was enjoyable. Uh, The songs aren't as catchy. They did a nice little uh, the humor was smart. Uh, it was insanely beautifully animated. One of the prettiest movies of uh, anything Disney Pixar has done. Just a lot of beautiful things going. I'll pro- that's probably a, uh, I'll probably come back on that. But man, it sure felt in theaters really beautiful. Uh, songs weren't. There's no you really big go. like Let It Go. Nothing on that level. They made fun of Let It Go, which I thought was fun. And sweet, in its way, uh, not a lot of plot. The songs were almost always on the edge of getting in the way.
0: Mm. Well, I don't. I think like the "Let It Go" songs to me, "Let It Go" is a, a good pop song, but the frozen uh, Frozen One songs, I should say, they're not that great. Everybody Love just is like, an
1: open door. Get will get stuck in your head if you let it.
0: Yeah. I just felt like people were so happy to get a musical theater scrap thrown to them after kind of starving yeah. that they they overpraised that thing, whereas you know yeah no the it's fine, but yeah the show
1: yourself or whatever, and uh the next right thing, I guess are the two big number Christoph has his own number, but that's even that sort of like, do we really care enough about christoph we we've been told we don't really care about Christoph at every point mm hmm did Kristoff really need his own number with his moose friend? Like, well, Did Olaf need another number for mm-hmm. Olaf? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and they each have enough cute, fun, funny things about them that sort of carries, you know, it gets you, but it's just sort of like, man, it, it's always on the edge of being a slog. It's really because there's no compelling plot mechanics and no compelling big bad.
0: Well, compelling plot mechanics have consequences. And...
1: Exactly, and that's it. There's no real drama. You still cry right, or whatever, because, but it's because we're playing with previous consequences. So we play a lot with mom and dad being dead and mm-hmm. getting images and memories of mom and dad and mom and dad are dead and, and also mom and dad are And then we have Elsa and Olaf both fake die. And so we get some emotion out of that. Well, uh, the
0: Disney Corporation is, I mean, they have experts that spend their lives perfecting the art of extraction, extracting tears from your That's right. tear ducks. They can do it whether the movie deserves to have it done or not.
1: Yeah. And on the whole, it doesn't. At the end of the day, there are no consequences. No one suffers anything. That, literally no one. Not a single person. Everybody is a good guy. It turns out, like one of the plot, one of the early twists is that Elsa and Anna are descended. Their mom is one of these magical native tree people. So they've got like the white civil, you know, Western civilization, Disney princess kind of world they're from, and then they've got these like native magical tree people type people. And Elsa and Anna's mom is secretly one of those people. And those people have been at war, but they've also been trapped in an enchanted forest, but right. also they're all on the same side after all. And mm. there was only one evil guy who's already long dead. Right. You know, there's just like, no, there's nothing. There's no dramatic tension really. Except, oh no, Elsa and Olaf have fake died. So now Anna has got to go break it up a dam because we've tampered with nature and we need to let it, Go.
0: What it sounds like when you put it that way is adult artists putting billion millions of dollars into creating the kind of story that a little girl would create with her dolls in her bedroom, where it's all kind of meaningless. And here's the next thing, and I hope these two get married, but also who cares? And
1: yeah, and and we're all just
0: friends, and it's fun, really.
1: And also, we need to have it be some. You know, we need to inject. Where else are we going to inject climate change politics, except in the movie about the magical ice lady. Right. But even then, like the world is so magical and mythical and follows its own fairy tale logic that even that stuff is pretty lost on because all these magic rules are also in play and a part of, you know, how the dam ruined everything.
0: Well, as an adult male with a wife who doesn't really care that much about these things. Is there anything there for me? No kids? No. No?
1: Absolutely not.
0: But it was harmless it's enough. It's pretty. For, and pretty and.
1: It wasn't nearly as feminist as I expected it to be. Which isn't to say it wasn't feminist because of course it was.
0: Did you? Was there anything you felt like you really needed to process with your girls?
1: Afterwards? You know, the self-actualization stuff I felt was almost too complicated mm-hmm. to try to talk through.
0: There'll be other avenues for. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. The only thing I think really worth talking about was Anna is depicted as the girl who always wanted to just grow up and get married Mm -hmm. and live happily ever after. And part of the journey for everybody is realizing that that's not such a big deal. I think there's a good conversation to be had about why fairy tales in that way and why it actually is a really big, awesome deal and why Anna's childhood girly desire to... Grow up and get married and have kids and live happily ever after is great. Right. That's that's the the main conversation I would try to have coming out of it, if anything.
0: Well, there you go. J- Jake watched some garbage. His kids are becoming corporate Disney zombies, and yep. they'll all drown in the cesspool of their own sin and depravity soon enough, folks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's dark. Meanwhile, I saw <laughs> Knives Out <laughs> by our favorite director, Ryan Johnson. Of, oh, uh, yeah. And it was great. It was really a lot of fun. And Ryan Johnson is good at making these stupid puzzle movies, and I don't like his movies. I don't like Brick. I didn't like Looper. I think that they're smug. I think that they'll, they're self-satisfied. I think that they're... I don't know, he's just one of those guys who... He seems like a nice guy when you see him in interviews, but he just you just feel as you're watching his movies that this is a person He's an who's angry a, man. Well, angry and just very self-satisfied, you know? Hmm. I'm going to take down the status quo in a way that...
1: Only I can. Only
0: really intelligent people will understand how awesome it is. You know, I mean, Star Wars... Well, we're going to talk about this in our next episode, I guess, so I won't spend a lot of time here, but The Last Jedi is such a perfect... I'm just deconstructing it just to be a smart aleck yeah. and I don't care that you may have wanted like a real hero's journey that delivered Star Wars stuff. I, You're not smart enough. You need to be smart like me and realize that's dumb. John Boyega trying to sacrifice himself was stupid and I'm going to subvert it. So that's Ryan Johnson. He's really obnoxious and I've... like His early movie, Brick. Did you ever see Brick? I never saw Brick. Saw Looper. Looper. Well, Looper is kind of is one of those movies that I really don't like. It just has that, everybody kind of liked it for whatever reason. And I guess because it was kind of clever and interesting and stuff. But it wasn't that clever or that interesting. It wasn't It was one of those movies that the iconoclast in me really hates because everyone's like, ooh, did you see the movie about time travel? It's kind of the same thing that I hate about Stranger Things. Did you see the thing that's just like a billion other things that actual cool nerds know about? But this is the first time that I am experiencing it. So I'm going to give it Way too much praise. Kind of felt that way. Like <laughs> Brick, you know, there's nothing that sci fi hasn't know
1: the concept of brick. I don't know
0: what it's about. Well so Brick is uh it's like a Raymond Chandler esque noir kind of story, but it's set in a high school. And so it's just really self congratulatory with all its noir references and then looper, sci fi I don't know. Looper looper's fine, I guess. I don't know. I don't really remember it that well.
1: I don't remember it that well. Is The twist that Bruce Willis is Joseph Gordon-Levitt?
0: No, I think we know that going in, but the twist is that the little boy is actually the... The special? The special, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they need to be nice to him so that he won't turn into an evil special, but will turn into a good special or something like that. So it's taking... So Ryan Johnson likes to take these hero's journey kind of tropes and play with them, but he's like an idiot savant playing with fire or something. Like he he doesn't... he doesn't ever treat with respect the things that he wants to deconstruct. There's a way to respectfully deconstruct and ask questions of something.
1: Yeah. For example, of that, see uh, Lego movie
0: and. Right. Which seems to have a real affection for yeah, Lord, what it's spoofing.
1: L- Lord and Miller are the. Uh, we've had this conversation right? probably here just the last time you listened to us, but it's a conversation worth continuing. Lord and Miller and Ryan Johnson are flip sides of the same coin. Right. The difference being that sense of affection and respect and The well, bad example I always happiness. use is,
0: is Shrek because I think in yeah. retrospect, those movies are so mean. And they're made by executives that either got pushed out of Disney or left Disney bitterly. And you can just tell like these aren't people that have affection for Disney tropes. These they are people Disney. that hate Disney and want to mock it and tear it down.
1: Yeah. and And when it hit, it hit right there for us at the right time in the right place after the Disney renaissance. We were all tired of Disney. And we were all tired of Disney and ready to jump on the hate train and so we all loved Shrek.
0: But as I grow older, Disney's still there for me and, <laughs>
1: Shrek, and Shrek is not.
0: Shrek not so much, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, no, the Shrek is it's bad. Yeah.
1: I loved it. I thought it was it was just it was a it, it was a delight to have somebody be as cynical and subversive as i wanted to be as yep. iconoclastic but what's our as I what's felt? our
0: what's our bob dylan line i was so much older, older than, than i'm
1: younger yeah. than that now yeah yep
0: yeah it's like actually i want to see i don't even want to see the disney renaissance fairy tales i just want to see like the really old where he's just really just doing straight fairy tales i love disney renaissance <laughs> sleeping beauty baby sleeping beauty yep yep yep
1: Watched pinocchio the other day
0: that's intense it's intense that's like that's Maybe arguably the last time that Walt Disney just let his id go. I think he learned his lesson. <laughs> Actually, like, oh, people might like these things if I make them a little bit more cute and a little less. Because you can see, like Cinderella, and then all the '60s stuff. You know, your Robin yeah. Hoods and your 100. It's pretty cutesy. But Walt Disney was really, he was really in tapping into something with some of those early things like yeah. there's some it's just iconic kind of fairy tale stuff in those
1: i still don't know that i have it in me to watch Dumbo with kids yeah
0: i don't know i haven't seen it since i was a kid i'm, I'm interested to revisit it on disney plus at some point but i don't know the joys of disney plus the joys of disney plus anyway all that to say i don't like ryan johnson to me it doesn't seem like he necessarily hates that stuff it just seems like he smugly thinks he's above the hero you know if the people that made Shrek were just bitter against Disney Ryan Johnson probably likes Star Wars but he also thinks he's smarter than Star Wars and wants to prove it in a in a nasty kind of a way and so he made a movie that's just like really well made with Last Jedi and again we'll talk about this but mean um yeah. and proud and so Knives out, same Ryan Johnson, but he's not messing with my beloved genres. He's doing a genre that <laughs> I pretty famously don't have any affection for, which is the drawing room, Agatha Christie mystery kind of thing. Yep, And he's having a lot of fun with it. It's a lot of fun. And our good friends, Brandon and Anna, Brandon of Bookening Fame saw it and they really liked it. And he just builds a really nice puzzle box and he doesn't actually deconstruct the genre too much. It's like a good, like I was afraid it was going to, you know, the ways to deconstruct the genre are to do things like they all done it or nobody done it or... Agatha the,
1: Christie's already done that. Too. Right.
0: Yeah. Agatha Christie, that, that's, that's one of the good things actually about Charlotte doing Holmes this. Holmes also did. Right. Everybody, this, this genre has been so thoroughly gone over and spoofed and that really the only thing...
1: Arthur Conan Doyle did the nobody done it. Right. Agatha Arth- Christie did everybody done it.
0: Right. Robert Block, I think, was the first person who did the detective done it. Um, Which was the other... And actually, yeah. Agatha Christie did her own. Did the tit- Perot? Did yeah, it.
1: and then there's the victim did it, right? Which is, and the victim did it out of spite or something like that, which is kind of what I've been vaguely expecting some version of with Knives Out.
0: Well, Knives Out does go some interesting places. It's not just the who done it; it's a what was done, and to whom, and how, and who all was involved. So there's there's a certain point where the movie takes a turn in the first third. Where you suddenly are given a lot of information that you expected to be held until the end, and then you have to figure out what, what, how to interpret that information. So it is a clever little puzzle box that's playing with your expectations the way you'd expect Ryan Johnson yeah. to. But, and, and it, I, I, what I said to my uh, wife as we walked out of the movie was, I've never had so much fun with a movie that hates me. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's pretty much what I thought about the movie. See,
1: that's the thing with Ryan. That's the way you feel coming out of every one of his movies. Yes, yeah. I remember the first words out of my mouth walking out of the Last Jedi. That was the best Star Wars, and the best and most Star Warsy Star Wars movie of mm-hmm. all Star Wars movies. And I hate it because it hates me. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, there can be no peace between us. I-, I felt exactly that way about this movie. Only. It wasn't going after Star Wars. What, what it does is it goes after these rich people, and it's very much a class parable. And if you're anything of a middle class white person, and, and you are aware of what the movie's doing, I mean, I think the people then that you're we said, aware that it hates you. Yeah, the movie, the movie hates us. It hates everybody that voted for Trump. It hates you know. It hates a, whole, a wide swath of the American public uh, and wants to mercilessly mock them and well, dehumanize them. You, you knew
1: them. that, Chris evans being in it was
0: yes Chris. chris evans part is
1: absolutely signaling that from the beginning
0: every bit as smug and pretentious and annoying as you'd expect and uh, i hate that guy yeah me too given that though i still I, I recommend jake that you see this movie i recommend that you should take your wife to it it's a lot of fun i think you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy pitting your wits against benoit blanc the daniel craig doing his stupid rooster cogburn uh, <laughs> accent and uh, you'll want them to make more benoit blanc movies because it's just ryan johnson's really good it's really entertaining it's a lot of fun the humor lands the mysteries compelling the cinematography there's you know there's just all these things that i always complain that our movies don't have there's like setups and payoffs and yeah. jokes and that go through that is one of through. the things that johnson He's really good. He's I mean, really
1: good at those things. And he he doesn't take those things. He doesn't take the craft of filmmaking for granted,
0: right? And you, you see, he you makes, still sometimes see good screenplays written for serious drama movies. But the thing that we've really lost the art of in modern Hollywood is writing a good screenplay for an entertainment and for a popular film. For a popular film, and Ryan Johnson still for a genre does that
1: piece for something pulpy, for right. whatever.
0: So this movie really shouldn't be that special. This uh, should be...
1: Is, is Ryan Johnson the new Raymond Chandler? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least, right? I don't know, it was, it was refreshing to see a movie that was trying, it was refreshing to be in a full audience, for everybody to be laughing at humor that wasn't just vulgar or, you know, Marvel characters Fort, being Fort, quippy. Fort <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was refreshing to see a movie that didn't have a bunch of violence or hardcore action and yet still kept a whole theater full of people engaged. Like it's it's fun. It's the holiday movie to beat. I mean it's it's a I really recommend that people see it. It's not overly gross or violent or sexual or anything like that. It's just really, 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 really fun. And I say that knowing that the movie hates me. So I still don't like Ryan Johnson. I know that he does hate me, and I do not forgive him this and I have some mixed feelings about the movie, but I cannot deny that we had a lot of fun with it. If if you, if you can't hold those two things in your mind, then I guess I don't re- recommend that you see the movie. Like if you if 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 you're just the kind of person that the politics of it are going to make you so angry that you just can't get over it, then that's fine. So
1: Ryan Johnson did with a crime who done it what the Joker failed to do. Which was actually
0: deliver a a good class parable a good
1: class parable yeah a good class para anti-trump anti-trumpian class parable
0: yeah i think he did and maybe it was mitigated for me by the fact that we do all like to see (laughs) rich archetypal idiots go down it is fun and that's a trope that you don't have to be a liberal to love the movies, produced by me executive produced by jake and me until next time
1: Do the next right thing.